Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Hey friend, I have got, okay, first of all, I say it every episode, I'm like, I have got such a cool person, but like, literally I only interview cool people. So welcome Marina Couric, like Katie Couric, who is a holistic stress coach. So not only is she going to work with you on like your mindset or your physical health, like we doing, she doing the whole thing, holistic, the whole thing. And she works with entrepreneurs and corporate professionals. But listen, if you just love her and you jam with her and she jams with you, like she's open to you too. So hello. And she's into loom by the way, which is, which is so cool. Like I'm so jealous. So hi, welcome. Hi, Amanda. Thank you. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So tell us how you got into, how do you become a holistic stress coach? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So I am a huge believer in making your mess, your message and my passion, (laughs) making your mess, your message. And definitely what I do today is born out of my own need for my own coaching seven years ago. And it's something that I don't think existed back then. Um, But my journey has really been coming from the corporate world, um, being chronically stressed, living in Manhattan, um, Mm. working in first as a consultant, so traveling often, then working at the fastest growing startup at the time. Um, Definitely no stranger to the toll that stress takes on Mm. our body, our mental health, and on our relationships. And that's why I'm really passionate about taking a 360 degree view of stress. So I think many of us think of stress um, as maybe just a function of our mind and what we're thinking of. Um, But through my own journey and through my certifications over the past three years, especially, I've learned so much about what stress really is. So the entire Mm. picture of stress and the stress that we hold in the body and just the impact that it has on our relationships, our career, Um, and so many other areas of life. So um, I used to do more traditional health coaching, focusing on nutrition and weight loss and detoxification. And as a result of the pandemic, I first quit my full-time job. Good um, for you. This full-time. Oh yeah. yeah. And I shifted my focus to stress because it was the biggest need that I was seeing in the world with everything that we were experiencing. So even though stress was super important and something we weren't really talking about um, over the past couple of decades, I think with the pandemic, it really came to the forefront mm-hmm. of our mind. So that is what I'm super yeah. passionate about now. And I'll tell you, you can't do the other stuff if you can't get a hold of your stress. Like you can't, <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. People will hire nutritionists and they'll hire personal trainers and they're having breakdowns every damn day. And they're like, I cry in my car after work every single day. I hold it in, in front of all my coworkers and I get in my car and I sob, but I'm going to hire a nutritionist to lose weight. Like right. friend, you are not going to lose shit because <laughs> your body is in survival mode and it's not okay. 
And I think people really don't understand. Oh, my cat will join us in a minute, by the way. He's nosy. <laughs> um, I think people really don't understand the relationship between stress survival mode and thriving and how if you are chronically stressed, if you are in survival mode, which most people are, and we can talk about why evolutionarily, um, you cannot do the higher level things. So people will buy supplements and they'll, um, you know, just do all the, they'll be like, I got the calm app. And I'm like, what? I mean, great, but what are you doing? So can you talk to us about the relationship between stress and all the other goals? Hello, Kitty. All the other <laughs> goals that people come to you for that first we have to deal with the stress. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I really think it's like you said, it's the foundation of everything else that you're trying to build on it. Um, and that's exactly why I decided to shift my focus to stress primarily is because especially with high achievers and people who are accomplishing <laughs> yeah. a lot, um, those yeah. that I was seeing alongside me in New York in this like really high functioning, stressed mm-hmm. out society where we're eating our sweet green, we're exercising three days yeah. a week. Um, so we're checking all the boxes, but mm-hmm. at the end of our Sunday, we still have that anxious feeling about Monday morning and we're still um, not feeling feeling super fulfilled and happy. And it creates even more, I think, of a discord within ourselves because we're seeing and we're hearing, you know, everything that we're supposed to be doing. And if we're doing those things, but we're still unhappy, it's like, well, then there's something that's wrong with me. So we were talking about how um, if you don't get the foundation dialed in for stress, then you really can't do the higher level work. Like you can't, have a passion project. You can't work out. You can't like it just, you're just adding more stress at that point. And so it compounds and it turns into a shit show essentially. And then your body's like, Oh my God, we're running from a bear. And you're asking me to build the Taj Mahal. Like, how dare you do that? I'm busy. Yeah. So what I was seeing with, um, those I was working alongside, especially in Manhattan, um, in this like really high functioning society where we're all really stressed, but we're able to work through it and push Mm -hmm. through it is that when we're doing all the right things, when we're going to the gym, eating healthy, making sure that we are (laughs) healthy, um, making sure that we're, you know, checking all the boxes as far as self-care goes Mm -hmm. and it's not working. Then for a lot of people, the thinking is, well, then there's something that must be wrong with me. I'm not working hard enough. Exactly. And if I'm looking outwardly and I'm checking all those right boxes that everyone tells me will make Mm -hmm. me happy and fulfilled, but I don't feel that internally, then again, something is wrong with me or my body. And it's almost like we're getting it completely wrong. Stress Mm -hmm. and managing stress has to be the foundation of everything else. And that's what I love really learning and understanding with those that I work with is where is stress actually coming from for you? And why do you feel stressed day in and day out first thing in the morning? Um, What are the areas of life that really cause you stress? And how can we address those things first before we layer on all of those additional self-care practices that we know are really helpful and nourishing only when you're starting from a place of already being um, a little bit more fulfilled and ready to take on something else. It's crazy that we call that high functioning. Like 
in a very capitalist society, like, yeah, we would be like, oh, well, but you produce so much, you work so much and that's high functioning. And I'll tell you moving to a smaller town in North Carolina, where like, I thought it was a joke that like country songs sing about sitting on a front porch for hours. Like people do that (laughs) in real life. And I was like, what? Like that was such a culture shock because people here, they drive slow, they talk slow, (laughs) they sit on their porch for hours just in sitting in life. And I'm just like, oh, fuck all that high functioning noise. Like that's not high functioning. If you are running a rat race, if you wake up and you want to vomit because you're so anxious about the stuff you have to get done and you're so in your head and you're so disassociated because you're always in your head and you're never in your body. And you're just like, well, I have to get the next thing. I have to accumulate. I have to do this thing. Like it's, I think it's wild that we call that high functioning. I agree with you. That is wild. It's the difference between being and doing. And for someone who's been doing, doing, doing all their life, um, it's really hard to understand what being present means or what Mm -hmm. taking time for yourself means and And just uncomfortable powering off and just sitting and taking vacation without it. It's interesting because with a lot of people, what I say is that our stress begins in childhood and Mm -hmm. puberty and in high school and college where we already have so many quote unquote, unmet expectations and regrets when we get into our first career. And we're wondering why are we already stressed? Well, that's that built up stress from literally childhood onwards that we never have a chance to process. So, and we live in such an achieve culture too, where like school is focused on test scores and not necessarily on mastering content or learning and it's always keeping up with the Joneses. And I mean, humans are like that anyway. Like we want to fit in, we want to feel good about ourselves, but so many people try and find that outside and say, well, I I need this big house and I need this big job. And, and I need people to tell me I'm worth it. And I need people to tell me I'm smart. And I, I only feel that way when I'm achieving something. And it's so toxic because as soon as we meet it, we move the goalpost. And there's a lot of value in that. Like you don't just want to be complacent forever. We're meant to grow. We're meant to expand. We're meant to do all those things. But if we also never take a second and be like, oh, okay, I work this hard. So then I can chill. (laughs) Like we even take our phones to the bathroom. Like we can't poop (laughs) in silence. We can't, God forbid we take five minutes to poop or one minute to poop or how long it takes people to poop and just can't sit. Like they just don't sit. And then that's such a good point. It's crazy. Or it's when you see someone looking for their phone and it's in their hand and they're freaking out because they can't right. find it. That's been me before too. Hey, no shame, right? It's it's all of oh, us. Yeah, we, we do. I take my phone when I poop. <laughs> <laughs> we have to become aware of it collectively almost. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I work with a lot of people who say, um, well, as soon as my head hits the pillow, I have all these thoughts running. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you have no space throughout the day to release them. Like they're just building up and building up and building up and your brain's like, Oh my God, I'm overstimulated. Like I'm overstimulated and our brains are chronically overstimulated. Definitely. And that's so stressful. Like our brains were not meant. People think I'm crazy when I say this, but it's true. As an apex predator, we're literally meant to like lounge around for hours a day. Mm. Like that's 
Like we're literally like cats. We are apex predators. And people are like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine just sitting down for five minutes. And I'm like, oh, how happy are you with your life? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Like you're stressed out. So when you work with people and they come to you and they say, oh my God, Marina, I am stressed AF. Like I, what are you typically like, what are they telling you that you're experiencing, that they're experiencing? So for people who are like listening and they're like, oh, I'm high functioning. I'm not stressed. (laughs) That's Mm. not me. Like, what are some signs and symptoms of chronic stress and what you're seeing people come to you for? So we can just have an awareness because I think lots of people get so used to it. Um, they're like, oh, my, my back always hurts or, oh, I'm, I wake up with anxiety every morning. Like I always have. Mm-hmm. So what do you see and what do people tell you that they're experiencing? I think one of the biggest signs is disturbed sleep when there was a point where someone was sleeping well, but maybe they started a new job or moved to a new place. And at this point, it's been years of them being a disturbed sleeper, but there was a point in their life where they were sleeping well. And mm-hmm. so today they just kind of learn to cope and live with um, that level of low quality sleep, which is stressful. It is. And it's like this vicious cycle, right? Where the less you sleep, the more stressed you are. And the more stressed you are, the less you sleep. And at some point we have to break that pattern. And the other important thing about it is that the body learns to adapt to the inputs that Mm. we give it. The body is super resilient and super smart. That's what's allowed people to survive the Holocaust and just some intense conditions that we can't even imagine, but the body adapts. Mm -hmm. And so one of the red flags, I feel like red flags are super popular right now. I'm not sure why. (laughs) And talking about red flags. It's a very (laughs) memeable. Yes. But one of my red flags, if it's someone says, you know, this is how I've been living for the past couple of years if I ask you know well how have you been sleeping and they tell me and then they're like well it's fine though I learned how to live with it that's such a red flag to me because you know on the level of the body yes many of us have learned to cope with what we're giving our body to work with but that doesn't mean that's our optimal level of being and functioning your body also gets used to like drinking every day or using heroin or using a bunch of cocaine like Exactly. That doesn't mean that it's good. Doesn't exactly. Mean it's good. And almost getting people to believe that there's a better way of sleeping and of feeling day in and day out. That's kind of the biggest feat yeah. and the biggest place where someone could just free themselves from all of that past thinking and just living from the past. And this is how it's used to be. Um, honestly, I think that's one of the biggest barriers to someone starting to work with me is many of us are resigned to the way that we feel oh, and we're resigned to the stress that we're feeling. And especially mm-hmm. as a result of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I saw this so much where if people were chronically stressed before, and then we added the pandemic to that, now people are just kind of checked out and maybe mm-hmm. kind of in a fog or a daze where if you, if I say that it could get better, people almost don't believe me. Yeah. So that's one of the big things I work on is first making people remember what feeling good feels like, what going beyond just surviving feels Mm -hmm. like, um, and then taking the right steps to break that pattern from the past. Maybe it's sleeping, maybe it's having an addiction to caffeine because that's the only thing you survive on. Um, Some people experience heart palpitations and that morning chronic anxiety. I think that's another red flag. We Mm -hmm. alluded to that of 
I wake up anxious first thing in the morning. It's That's not supposed problem. to be that way. Right. If there's no predator in our surroundings, if we're just waking up in our bed, we're not supposed to be yeah. feeling in fight or flight already. Well, also, we just make up our own predators, though. Mm. Like, we just make them, my friend is mad at me. I'm going to get fired. The world is going to end. We're like chicken little all the time. And I'm just like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> what? Yeah. So what? And I tell, I ask people all the time. So what? So what if your friend is mad at you? Well, then they'll leave me. Will they like in reality? Is that real? Well, probably not. Okay. So you're making things up that are stressful because we also, and I think people really don't understand this. We get not addicted. Cause that's not the right word. There's a difference between, well, maybe addicted in one sense. So there's a spectrum where behaviors are problematic and then they're addictive. And a lot of people call things addiction that are not addiction. The difference is if you have negative consequences. So just so people understand that what happens is when we start having those stress hormones flooding our system, we can quite literally become addicted to them in that our central nervous system, our brain gets tuned to them. And we don't know another way of being because you're right. Humans are so adaptable. We're so adaptable. We will ruin our own lives in order to stay in that adaptation. And people you're, you're just, you're, you're so good. Like people forget what it feels like, because maybe the last time they felt carefree was when they were a child and maybe they mm-hmm. didn't. If you grew up in, in a chaotic household or an abusive household or a neglective household, like you've never felt free because you've never been free. You were never mm-hmm. allowed to do that. So if you've never felt that and you're saying, well, yeah, it's possible to be stress free. They're like, bitch, you lie. <laughs> Why are you lying? That's mm-hmm. not true. But if the last time that that happened for them was when they were a kid and they don't remember because they've been so checked out and people can check out for decades. They can check yeah. out for their whole lives to the point where they feel nothing ever. Mm-hmm. And they, well, all they feel is anger, right? I have a lot of people who are so shut down that mm. they only feel anger because it's the only thing loud enough to get to them. So they say, I'm stressed all the time. And I'm like, you're probably a lot of other things too. They just can't get through because you disconnect, you check out so hard. And you say, you don't have to be this way. They're like, well, that sounds false. I've always been this way. And then they convince themselves that that's true. I've always been this way. I'll always be this way. Everybody hates their job. Everybody is miserable as a story to justify that they're miserable. Not everybody hates their job. I love my job. Not everybody hates their life. I love my life. So people are like, oh, yeah, but you're, <laughs> you're, and this is one I'll hear. Yeah, but you're the outlier. And I'm like, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if everybody hates their life, yeah, I'm definitely an outlier, but like, there's, I mean, I've worked to do that. And so people can quite literally, oh, that's where I was going. Sorry. I came back. <laughs> people can quite literally become addicted to that cycle of neurotransmitters being released and your body being in fight or flight and running all the time, because that's all that you flood your system with. And the brain adapts. The brain is like, oh, well, okay, well, there must be danger everywhere. And then if there's not your brain and your body are like, this is uncomfortable. Remember that one time when you were seven and you said something stupid, everyone hates you Mm. and we just create stress because we're addicted. So when people are in that space with you, like, no, there's no background noise. Um, when people are in that space with you where they're like, maybe they've literally never felt good. Mm. 
how do you, like, what steps do you take? Where do you start? My cat would walk on papers right now. (laughs) (laughs) How do you start with people? Like, is there a certain way that you work with them? Do you say, well, we do body first or we do emotions first, or we do an inventory first? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So that's such a good question. And that is why I always say that I work with the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of stress. And I think it varies for people because um, depending on where they're starting from, that's the first thing that I really like to understand is um, I take people through essentially an assessment, not anything super hard and structured, but just a process of really inquiry. And so few of us have had an opportunity for self-inquiry as it relates to our life and our stress levels. So even that in itself is a really eye-opening experience for them. But Mm -hmm. I want to understand what is your current level of stress? Zero to 10, 10 being the worst of your life, zero being you are on a beach every day. (laughs) And what are the sources of stress? Where's that stress actually coming from? And it's interesting because I just like to understand what the person thinks are the sources of stress, Mm. because rarely are they the actual (laughs) sources of stress. But I like to start with that and just helping us understand where we're coming from today. And through the upcoming three months, we usually uncover that the sources of stress that we thought were it aren't necessarily it. And there's something even deeper underlying those. But from there, I take a combination of different tools that I work with. I work with breath work and meditation and sound. And we also talk about, of course, those higher level needs on a physical level, like healthy nutrition and Mm -hmm. exercise and movement. Um, For some people, the word exercise is scary. So we'll call it movement and just being gentle with where everyone is in their journey, because some people are already meeting a lot of those needs Mm -hmm. almost too much. So it's really interesting, right? It's like turning certain dials Mm -hmm. up and down. I've had people who chronically exercise come to me. So that's become their coping mechanism. And until you shine a light on that, the person really thinks that they're doing their body good. Mm -hmm. But what actually is happening is they're in fight or flight daily. Mm -hmm. They don't process it. They take that cortisol and adrenaline with them into their exercise. Mm -hmm. They exercise an hour and a half to two hours a day, of course, throwing their body even more off balance. And then they try to fall asleep from that place only to wake up with, more of those anxious feelings circulating through the body. So it definitely varies, but I think it's super important to be looking at these different parts of, um, from a mindset perspective, how are you speaking to yourself daily? What are the repetitive thought patterns that are running through your mind and how are they related to your past way of living? How can we interrupt that so that we can create a new and better future where we're not just coming from the past and living from the past every single day. And then of course, it's about self-care and just emotions too. I think this is something that you will probably resonate with because you just mentioned anger Mm -hmm. being the loudest emotion that someone is able to feel when they're coming from the state of being super numb um, just by circumstances in their life, creating that numbness in them. What I find is that many of us have a hard time even identifying the actual emotions that we're feeling. And so the first time that someone comes to me, they might be saying, I'm super stressed. And even just digging a little bit deeper below that, it's Mm -hmm. hard to identify what actually else are you feeling? What are the physical sensations that you're feeling? I don't know. (laughs) 
there's such a disconnect between the mind and body. And the best way I've heard this put before that resonated with me when I was living in New York is many of us are living life from the neck up. We're just in our mind and we're rarely in the body. So that's where that disconnect of actually, what are the physical sensations? Can you pick up on your heartbeat right now? What do you feel on your skin? Are your palms sweating? All of these things are things that we're disconnected from. And then there's that inability to identify mm-hmm. specific emotions. And it just becomes this kind of ball of stress mm-hmm. that we get to unravel and really work through to be able to better identify mm-hmm. what's happening to us at different moments throughout the day. So as opposed to treating the entire day as just a hot mess, you know, waking <laughs> up, fight or flight, power yeah. through eight calls, try and wind down, hit mm-hmm. the bed, fall asleep. Can we start to identify parts of the day that were good? Can we start to identify parts of the day that maybe we had an opportunity to do something different? Um, It's that unraveling process that um, I just, I love doing. Yeah. I just love everything that you said. I love everything that you said. And I want to talk about, cause I think a lot of people don't understand this. Like if you, if your brain thinks you're disconnected from your body, your brain's like, where the, cause my body, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so stressful and you can't listen to signals. So you think you're stressed all the time, but like, you may not really be, it may just be pockets of the day, but because that's your filter, then you think everything is stressful because we also little gremlin brains will filter out evidence against our beliefs um, because we want to be right. We, and, and I think stressed and busy is a badge of honor. So we're like, I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. Like, cool. Let's not impressive. Stop it. Like go sit yes. under a tree. Um, but I can tell you the amount of times I have two stories. One, a lot of people, again, only experience anger because it's the only thing loud enough. And I mm. tell them anger is actually always an armor. It is always an armor. It is never a primary emotion. So I say, what's underneath the anger? And they go, frustration. <laughs> and I just die. And I'm just like, okay, yes, that's anger light. Like what's underneath that? And they're like <laughs> more anger. And you, just, it's like the cartoons where you just keep opening doors and it's like a door mm-hmm. and they're like anger, anger, anger. And I'm like, no, no, eventually we're going to get, we're going to get to what it is. And I'll tell you, usually they say I'm hurt. Mm. I'm hurt. I'm sad. And I'm just like, let's cry let's cry about it. I had, so when I, when I see clients, so I do therapy and then I do the the coaching. When I do therapy, I'm actually in the field with horses. Sometimes I use them for the session. Sometimes I don't kind of depends what we're doing that day. Um, but I had a client who was so, so disconnected, um, so disconnected. And they, I said, what do you need? Cause they had just come from like bawling came to session. They like shut it down. And they, I, I can't cry. Yeah. Have a stronghold on their emotions. Like people do. And they, I said, go in the field, like go in the field, just go interact with the horses, do your thing, whatever. Uh, I don't care what you do. Just come back whenever you're done. And I knew they would probably cry because they've done this long enough. And so I'm angry. So they vented and I said, go, go sit in the field. And they cried. And they came back and they said, well, I was crying, but I shut it down. And I said, no, no, go back out, go, go. So I sent them back into the field and they collapsed, collapsed in the field crying. And I was just like, 
now we're playing. Now we can play. And they were like, that's just what they need. Didn't talk to me. Except for me to be like, go back in the field. No, no, thank you. We are connecting today. And so people carry all this anger, which again is stressful. It's stressful. It amplifies everything else. And the amount of times I've had to, and I don't know if you have to do this, but the amount of times I've had to give people a list of emotions because they literally do not know, and they can pick it out from a list, but they can't think of it off the top of their head. So I'm just like, oh no, here's a list of emotions. And they're like, oh, I'm, I feel invalidated. I feel disrespected. And I'm like, if we can't figure out that nuance, that's the unraveling part that you're talking about. If we can't figure out that nuance, we can't figure out, okay, is it stressful because I'm angry? Maybe you're angry, but that's an armor. But is it, is it stressful because you feel disrespected all day long? Okay, let's work on that. Because if we can never connect and say, what the heck am I feeling? We also can't fix it. Because if you say, well, I'm angry at you for not doing the dishes. They're like, well, I don't give a shit about the dishes. It's not about the dishes. They say, I feel disrespected because I do the majority of the housework and all I ask you to do is dishes. You don't love me. And that hurts my feelings. Then we can do the work. But they say, well, I, I just hate my job because I hate the customers. What about them do you hate? Well, I don't know. I just hate them. Okay. <laughs> Why do you keep that job? I love this. Yes. So that's something I, I see all the time. And once you open the connection, I don't know if this is something you experience, but it's something I experience with my clients. Once we open that connection, they'll often start having nightmares. Is that something your people have? Or panic attacks? Panic attacks. Yes. Turn the hose on. Mm-hmm. And the hose is like, I've been waiting to be turned on for 30 years. Fuck it. <laughs> we partying now. And I'm just like, well, nope, you're having panic attacks. It's fine. Sit through them. Yes. Sit through them. And they're like, I don't want to. It's uncomfortable. And I'm like, I know. That's why I'm telling you to do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Just the distinction between the primary and secondary emotions, too, mm-hmm. is huge. That People don't know. Understanding that there's something causing that anger or discomfort. And it's almost like our emotional palette has shrunk so much where every day we'll just feel anger, mm-hmm. hunger, tired, and right. maybe that's it. Yeah. And yeah, just seeing that spectrum of emotions and their different names, um, you know, I always say embrace that. At first, seeing that is overwhelming because many people have no reference point for so many of them. Right. And then again, it goes back to, well, something is wrong with me. And I don't know if this is the case with your work. What I always try to reinforce is that there's nothing wrong with your body. There's actually everything right with it because Mm. it has adapted. It has learned to live and to help you survive because underneath, you know, beyond thriving and all the things that we Mm. want to help people get to the primary need that our body has is survival. And so actually your body is doing exactly what it's designed Mm -hmm. to do to help you get through what you're facing in life right now. Mm -hmm. And just switching that from something is wrong to something is right Mm -hmm. is one of the helpful ways that I found for people to just know that this is a process and this is a relearning journey that I'm going on where maybe I'm coming from this dysregulation and, you know, disconnection, but that's what was happening in the past based yeah. on the inputs that I was given. And now it's okay. time to scream. create a new story yeah. because yes. you went to this a couple of times now. And I think it's so important to highlight that 
for people that operating from the past mentality where you just wake up every single day and you live out yesterday over and over and over again, we have a strong need to be consistent with how we see ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And especially after you've bonded with people over how much stress you have or (laughs) there's a community that you've created in your family or the Mm -hmm. language that you use is we're all stressed, you know, we're Mm -hmm. such martyrs, we give so much. Um, Whatever that language might be for you, now you're creating an identity every single day of being someone who is stressed and you're functioning like someone who's stressed. And you're, you're drinking. Right. Exactly. Cause we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong to ourselves. We have the strong desire to be right and correct in how we see ourselves and how we've been functioning. So. Yes. Oh, I could just die in this conversation. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I, I love that you bring up living in the past because really anytime we're thinking about stress, it's mostly in the past. Sometimes it's like, I'm scared of this future. I'm worried about this future. I mean, but the point is it's never in now. It's never like Mm -hmm. now am I good? And I think when people start checking in and it's something I tell people to do all the time, I say throughout the day, just ask how you're doing. And they like, look (laughs) like, and I know it's never occurred to them because it was like, literally ask yourself, Hey self, how you doing throughout the day? And they're like, what? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is called checking in because really throughout the day, I think most people will find that they're like, well, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm a little bored. I'm a little worried about X, Y, Z, like whatever, but we're not always stressed. But if that's the filter we're using, if that's the identity we've decided was gospel, if that's the mask that we put on most often, then we will confirm that that is how we spend most of our day. But it's not factually true. Most people go about their day and they're okay. So they say, oh, I'm really content most of the day. Well, then your identity is when someone who's content. Kitty, why you do this? He's like curled up. I have to sit against the table because he's curled up. He apparently is unhappy about the way that I'm holding him because he just (laughs) meowed at me. How dare you? He's stressed about it. Um, So people like create this identity around it. So you, you do entrepreneurs and corporate and sometimes normal people, if they jam with you and you jam with them. Do you see a lot of like differences in what they experience or is it pretty similar? Yeah, that's an interesting question for me to reflect on. I think there's very similar themes that probably present in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's going back to like the primary um, drivers of someone and then how they show up in the world for that person. But I think for so many people, um, there's this desire to put others first in a number of different ways. Right. But I think what it's born out of is never being taught strong boundaries and people pleasing tendencies where we will literally work ourselves into the ground just to look good in front of our coworkers or our team. And then we'll be real mad about it. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Being resentful comes into play and you don't know the source of the resent, but it's actually internal. 
mm-hmm. when we really get into it and get down to it, down to the core, it's you resenting yourself for not having those stronger boundaries, for not advocating for yourself, right. um, for putting others first all yep. the time. And so I think that's one of the biggest things, honestly, in the, in the work culture, like work mm-hmm. first culture. And even for parents, though, especially yes. for anyone who is a stay-at-home parent who's also juggling a career, wow. um, it's, you know, flipping that to actually put yourself first over your kids. Mm-hmm. Because if you're at your best, your kids are served by you at right. your best. It's not kids first. It's right. you first. And again, that's such a hard thing for someone yeah. to master because we're coming from this place of we have to give, we have to produce, yeah. we have to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're never taught to just be and be there yeah. for ourselves. And there's some nuance to that. Like if you, and I tell parents, like if you have a baby, you're obviously not first on the totem pole because you have to mm-hmm. keep a whole baby alive and they are dependent on you. But like a 12 year old, not so much. Your business yeah. when it's first starting is basically like an infant. So it does shift mm-hmm. too. For sure. But I don't want to lose the nuance. Um, I also tell people, and they hate when I tell them this, but it's true. People pleasing is just manipulating people into liking you. And it's shitty. Whoa. And people are like, ew, I'm manipulative. And I'm like, yeah, you're a liar. And that yeah. doesn't feel good. It's stressful because anytime we're out of alignment, our body's like, this is not right. Something is wrong. And we code everything is running by a bear because for most of human evolution, we were running from something that was trying to kill us. So your brain's like, God, there's a lot of bears around here. Like, fuck, Mm -hmm. this whole environment is unsafe. Everywhere is bears. And it's not okay. And so the body tries to tell us and then it's uncomfortable because we don't like being stressed. And we shut it down and it becomes this like really crappy feedback loop. And then we're like, well, I must make people love me harder. And you're being more manipulative and you're being a bigger liar. And people never want to think of themselves as lying manipulators, but that's really what people pleasing is. Like they're so, not that they're doing it to be malicious, right? That's not what I'm saying, but, but the intent is to lie about who you are, what you want, what you're willing to do to get people to like you. And that's not authentic and it creates this big disconnect and it sucks, but boundaries are one of the best ways to deal with stress. Yes, 100%. Um, Before we go, I have a question that I keep meaning to ask and then I get on other really awesome topics. Is the whole point to never be stressed? Definitely not. And that's something that I always get, especially now that I have relocated to Tulum and I travel freely and travel often. It's... And I'm, you know, I'm trying to be really mindful of coming across as that completely stress-free person, Mm -hmm. Um, because yes, I have adapted my life and my lifestyle and have done the work on myself to eliminate a lot of the unnecessary stress and change my relationship to the stress that I do have. So yes, my stress is definitely lower than it ever has been. Certainly it's, you know, about 75% less than what it was when I was in corporate living in New York, but stress is still there. And so Mm -hmm. that's the exciting thing. And, you know, every time we are faced with stress, I think it's an opportunity to use the tools that we're learning Mm -hmm. that are helping us better ourselves. For me, one of the biggest signs of progress 
which progress is success, right? So one of the biggest signs of success is when I'm faced with something that would formally trigger me or Mm -hmm. something that would really create that um, anger, discomfort, the heart palpitations, all of that, that used to happen to me daily. And it's almost like the volume on that stress has been turned down. And that's such uh, just a marker of, you know, the stress is still there. Maybe I still feel it and recognize it and see it in front of me, but there's no need to allow it to hijack my entire hour, my entire day. Um, There's tools that we can use to move through that. And that's the reality, right? Especially if someone is thinking, well, if, if for someone who is resigned to stress, maybe it's not something that you can immediately run away from or quit or just undo in your life. Then it becomes about equipping yourself with how to be more resilient when that happens. How can we actually allow ourselves to recognize it, feel what needs to be felt in the moment and then say, okay, now what, what's next? What's the next action that I could be taking as opposed to getting lost in the stress? Because I think when we use stress as an opportunity for growth, it actually is, it becomes a better and better thing. There is such a thing as use stress, we know that, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also about how can you uh, maybe see more of the stress in your life as good stress, And of course, be resourceful enough to know when something is really causing you distress, when something is really impacting you, and when maybe a boundary or a change is needed. Which means we have to live below our neck because Mm. that nuance takes insight. And if, if we never ask our body, like, how does this feel? Then our body's just like, everything is bad, which is why people want to run away from their lives. I just want to move. Like, that's not going to help you. You're not different. You'll just create the same problems. Oh, I'm obsessed with you. This is great. I (laughs) I also, I just love what you said about people pleasing and that distinction of, you know, it's really just our way of getting attention, getting someone to like us. Mm -hmm. Something that I say about boundaries, which is really kind of the antidote to incessant people pleasing is if you're someone who's struggled with boundaries in the past Mm -hmm. and you don't even know where to start, notice what need your lack of boundaries is meeting. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, it's a need for significance. It's that need to be consistent with maybe this giver identity that you've created. And so for many of us, that lack of boundaries is actually there for a specific purpose. We actually like it being there on some level. We love to be a martyr. Mm, yeah yeah people love to be martyrs I do so much for you no one asked we don't care Mm. oh I was just gonna say something about that back oh I get a lot that people say um I just love too much and I tell them like your heart's not the problem your heart's not the problem you're supposed to love too much you're just also supposed to protect it Mm -hmm. like your lack of boundaries is the problem, not your heart. Keep your heart, love more, love harder for the people that deserve it because not Mm -hmm. everybody dies. And uh, maybe I'm mean for saying that, but I don't care. People can die mad about it. But if people struggle with discernment, yeah, yeah. I think discernment and who deserves your energy and when is really important. Yeah. And I actually tell people if they struggle with boundaries to start with dinner. Because people who struggle with boundaries cannot make decisions. Mm. What do you want to eat? I don't know. 
whatever you want, people pleasing. Tell me what you want for dinner. <laughs> yeah. So if you struggle with boundaries, my friends, start with dinner. What clothes do you want to wear? How do you want your schedule to look? And those are all boundaries. And I think people don't know that, but it can decrease stress because now you're, you have more agency. Ah, oh, that's something you should hit on. A lot of stress mm. is you being helpless or feeling helpless, not being helpless. We have a lot more agency than we typically think. Mm-hmm. People feeling helpless in their own life. So like, yeah, I would be stressed too if I were a boat in the ocean. And I was like, well, I hope I get to shore someday. I'm in the middle of the Pacific. Like that would be very stressful versus like, oh, shore's that way. And I'm going that way. Oh, thank you, Kitty. Yeah. Hi. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, the helplessness that creates stress is also a lack of boundaries. You're not making decisions. You're not, you're not giving yourself power over your own life. Oh, this is so good. We only have a couple minutes though. So how do people find you if they're like, holy cheese balls, Marina is dope AF, which like everyone seriously go follow her. I'm obsessed. Um, how do they find you? How do they work with you? If they're like, oh my God, I'm stressed. I'm stressed and I want help. So I am some of all positive on Instagram. That is the place I hang out the most. That's S-U-M of all positive. And that's really me alluding to that 360 degree view of stress and of our life, as opposed to just extracting bits and pieces and trying to tackle those, as opposed to really making sure that our whole house is in order. And it doesn't have to be scary, you guys. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. That's exactly where our work comes into play, right? We start in the place where you need to the most. Mm. And then we just go on a journey and it's not scary and it's amazing and it's transformational. And that is why I'm so passionate about what I do. Um, I'm Marina Couric on LinkedIn and my website is someofallpositive.com. So S-U-M of allpositive.com. That is where you can book your free first stress breakthrough call with me. And I call it that Mm. really mindfully. It is meant for us to really um, walk away, help you walk away with quick wins. So especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, that is one place you can start. Um, that free stress breakthrough call. Um, You can let me know when you book it, what it is that you're facing right now, what it is that you think you need, and Mm -hmm. then we'll take it from there. So I love that. What is one thing you want people to remember if they suddenly have amnesia and forget the last 50 or so minutes? Mm, I think we talked a lot about breaking the pattern of living from the past. And it's just the statement of your past doesn't have to equal your future. And that is, again, going back to your point about agency, we have the power to create what we want. And many of us forget that because we're just living out yesterday, day in and day out. And it doesn't have to be that way. We can break that pattern because we are way more capable than we think. Oh my God. Okay. Thank you so much. We have, Thank I feel you. like we could go on for like three hours. Yes, we'll this do was wonderful. Thank you. No, thank you. All right, fam, be good. Go think about, Hey, is this the life that I want? And if not, call Marina, go find her. <laughs> <laughs>